Welcome to another episode of the PNR Churchman. I'm Pastor George, and I'm excited. We'll be discussing the 51st General Assembly. We're going to have a conversation with members of the host committee, and they'll tell us what's going on, what we can expect, what we can be excited for. But let, let's introduce everybody. Uh, first, I'm going to I'll introduce our Rich Lena. Rich has been on here a number of times. Uh, Rich, remind our listeners what where you are, what you do, and um, what, what your church is, but also what your role is on the host committee. So uh, my name is Rich Lino. I'm a, a ruling elder at Hope of Christ Church in Stafford, Virginia. My role on the GA host committee is co-chair in that, as I express to a lot of people in the church, I have the gifts of supervision and encouragement, which means that I cheer other people on and, and basically supervise what they're doing. But I don't actually have much to do myself. So that's the nice thing about my role. Really? <laughs> Okay. Well, yeah, who, that's, who's... that's more of a joke than anything. Yes. It's more of a coordination issue, um, you know, but a lot of the hard work, a lot of the details are being provided, especially by uh, Rebecca and, uh, and Rick, who are on, and they'll, they'll introduce themselves as to the roles they're playing. How many chairs are there of, of, uh, of the whole thing? I was afraid you were going to ask me that question, and I didn't come prepared to a- answer it. I think there are probably... What do you think about six total subcommittees? There's uh, family events, which has the is the largest, and then there's worship, and there's uh, a prayer subcommittee, a public relations subcommittee, a um, local transportation volunteer coordination, and um, did I mention finance? I think I think okay. I got all of them. Yeah. No, well that well that's helpful. But you say you're the co-chair of, of the overall thing. So who do you co-chair with? Uh, Harry Long. He's a TE out of. Uh, uh, re- uh, honorably retired out of, um, what was that church called? Darn it. It's Midlothian. I know the location Sycamore. Yeah. So he actually, he actually, uh, was, was chaired the last time the James river hosted, uh, a G- general assembly in 2011 when we were, uh, geographically included the tidewater region in Richmond. And once we reorganized, uh, or, or, or the two, uh, presbyteries or this presbytery divided into two, I think 2013 timeframe. Now James River doesn't include that area, but it is the second time our presbytery has hosted a general assembly, but this time in the Richmond area. Okay. Yeah. And I, and I understand this is being put on by multiple presbyteries. Is that That's correct? That's right. And, and it was, it, it's one of the reasons I think we were willing to kind of take this on. Uh, it's Tidewater, uh, Blue Ridge and Korean Capital are all part of the, um, you know, the four presbyteries kind of co-hosting this. And so it helps kind of providing the seed funds from each presbytery as well as volunteers to help coordinate that. And in this case, kind of a unique aspect where it's the first time that, you know, we've had a lot of, uh, you know, I think a lot of the the, uh, Korean, a Korean presbytery really heavily involved in the planning of this, which is really nice. And I nice. think Rick will even get into some of the details as far as worship being planned ar- around that as well. Oh, that, that's great. Rebecca, Rebecca Fender, why don't you tell us uh, who you are, how you got involved in this, what church you're with, and also who you have the, um, well, who you're married to. That is uh, part of my bio in this context. So I am a a member of All Saints Reformed Presbyterian Church here in Richmond, so um, with Rick. And my husband is Matt Fender, who's a ruling elder there. And he is also very enthusiastic about General Assembly. So (laughs) when uh, I believe he was the moderator for the Presbytery, when it came up as a possibility for us to host a few years ago, and he said that would be great. And by the way, my wife will volunteer to run, I thought the women's program, I guess it's the family's program. So they more and more committees kept coming under this, but it's been great. And um, I have a bit of professional background in organizing large conferences. So it's something I'm passionate about. And at church, I have helped with the Sunday school program for a long time, done women's retreats. So this is something I like doing. Uh, Matt and I have three kids that are kind of in the preteen teenage years. So um, it's been a good chance to think about what the kids coming to GA also at various stages need. And I've really been uh, 
been pleased to hear from different people that are volunteering about how GA has been meaningful to their families over mm. the years. And um, Rich and Harry are a great team. I think everyone knows Harry. And if he asks you to volunteer, it's really, really hard to say no. <laughs> so we've got lots of volunteers and Rich is keeping us organized. And um, it's been great to be part of this host committee. Well, thank you for that. And uh, we won't hold your uh, your marital status against you. No, we, we love Matt here on the program. And uh, I think I want to have both of you on at some point. That would be fun. So thank you for being with us, Rebecca. Now, Rick, tell us about yourself and what uh, what your role is at the church and then what your role is in in um, in General Assembly and anything else you want to tell us about yourself. Yes. Yeah, so um, I'm at All Saints uh, Reform Presbyterian in Richmond with uh, Rebecca and Matt and uh, a wonderful uh, session and church. Uh, my uh, career was in uh, computer programming, but in 2016, uh, the church decided that we needed full-time administrative help. And I said, I'd like to do that. And so I've worked full-time for the church uh, since then. Uh, so ruling elder uh, since 97, uh, I grew up in the Southern Presbyterian Church, didn't join the PCA till 94, ruling elder 97, and then um, came on uh, as the administrator for the church in 2016. Rich and I are uh, somewhat unusual in that we both have some seminary training and are licensed to preach in our presbytery. Um, so we, I was going to say you're unusual for other reasons, but yeah. Yeah. <laughs> He means we're unusual because most people in the in the JRP have no seminary training at all. So that's kind of yeah, that, yeah. No, that's a joke. But actually, and we we wow. serve on we serve on the leadership development committee as to, together as well. So that's that's a nice thing. Rick Rick is currently the chair on that. That that is that is good. What, what is your seminary training, Rick? Uh, I have a MDiv from uh, Gordon Conwell. Okay. Yeah. Wow. That that is uh, more and more ruling elders are get. Well, actually, I mean, part of my story is I was a ruling elder who right. had an M MA and MDiv and then got ordained. But uh, so those are those are good conversations. Also, for our listeners, I've recorded a conversation with Mel Duncan on just this subject on um, not the ordination or the education of ruling elders, but church administration. And I think I'm going to release that after this one because i'd like to get this one out first but that'll maybe maybe you me and mel will get on one day and talk about uh church administration because it sounds like your story is a similar thing like a church needed administrative help they saw giftings in you as a ruling elder and they said hey why don't you come on and do this full time yes yeah i, I often think of it as just being a full-time ruling elder deacon yeah you know that's yeah. you know covering those things that the, the men, the deacons and the elders would cover if they didn't have full-time jobs and and mm -hmm. duties at home and, and those sorts of things uh, can get that done for them, as it were. Yes, and, yeah, I get that. So well, yeah, let, let, it also frees me up to work on the Leadership Development Committee and beyond things for General Assembly. And, uh, and then we also have uh, pastoral interns at our church, post-seminary, you know, pre-call men. Mm. Uh, we bring them in for a year, try to get them ready for their first call, and I handle a lot of their training and oversight, um, which I think Mel also does a good bit of that at Second Press with their interns. So, Well, that's a conversation I definitely want to have, so thanks for sharing. Did you tell us about your family? Uh, I, I am, uh, have uh, My wife and I are empty nesters. We have uh, four children, uh, two uh, uh, in-laws, uh, two grandchildren and two grandchildren on the way. So, wow. Praise God. Yeah. You look, uh, you, you look too young to have grandchildren. So. <laughs> well, thank you. <laughs> good, good deal. That's yeah. He's got soft oh. lighting on. <laughs> I don't know if there's a feature where you can, you know, a, a pre, well, you know, change the appearance. I am, uh, I am eight years older than the PCA. I'll let you do the math. <laughs> okay. So the, the, let, let's jump into this. The, what I didn't put on the outline I gave you y'all was just the theme. The theme is knit together, the 51st PCA General Assembly. I'm going to try to, I'm going to try to pull it up here and do a share screen. So there it is. Can you all see that? Maybe. There, yes. There it is. Okay. So it, it, registration is open and, uh, 
that's always fun. It's 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 exciting. It's like getting concert tickets for the PCA, and not not that getting the they have plenty of tickets available, but the room situation is always interesting. And um, and uh, so that, but this is open now, so anybody's listening can go on PCAGA.org, and you can. Uh, it's June 10th to, t- to the 14th. Knit together's the theme, and you can go on there and register. And already overtures are piling in, and uh, the schedule is is being made. And so uh, let, let's jump into this. First first question though is where did how, who picks the theme? Knit together. That was uh, that was kind of collaborative. Um, the committee did really. At the end of the day, uh, we worked with um, we worked with the the stated clerk. And uh, we were we were actually I think what was it initially that we were kind of settling in on and then we kind of pivoted over to knit together because it, it ties into a verse that talks about being knit together in Christ and ties together a lot of biblical themes about how Christ is kind of the the root of you know the ability that we have union with Him that we grow together in Him and in Christ we're knit together toward that end and it was really. Um, intended to be sort of a, a theme that communicated the vision of, of how the church, you know, grows in Christ and is it, um, is knit together in that sense. And so we 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 worked then with them, and we we have the distinction, I think, of being the first presbytery to nail that down really quickly, or the first committee, I should should say, because it's four presbyteries, and uh, we're able to get that graphic design they had some designers that came and talked to us and we we kind of picked out the ones that we liked only to find out people complaining later that that's a weave you know and that sort of thing but it's wasn't intended to be very you know wasn't intended (laughs) to be literal you know the whole point is some of the ideas is that you're you're drawn together so for those who like to kind of uh make fun of things yes it is but you know remember what the theme is but, you know, I've even come up with the idea that we should, you know, have like bow ties that are are, are knit bow ties and, and have those. But we'll see if that comes to pass. But that's kind of how that came. It was actually a really um, fun process. And the committee was the one that that's kind of empowered to make that decision on the theme, if that makes okay. sense. Yeah. Well, that, there, well, that's great. Go I was going to say there was um, one member of our committee then that went back to her church and said, I'm going to start advertising for volunteers. And they thought it was a knitting ministry. So um, <laughs> this exists. And we've heard from other people who thought about ways to to put this into it. And uh, anyway, it's a good theme. And we're going to see how we can leverage it. That's funny. I like that. Uh, so, Rebecca, you said Matt was the moderator when your presbytery so how did that work with with it being four presbyteries and what what is the process anyway maybe for people that don't know of how a how a presbytery or in your case four of them get to to host do you present a bid a proposal and how does that work I mean, I, I wasn't in the meeting, but I, anybody, I, anybody I, know that the, I know that the website, there is an opportunity for presbyteries to raise their hands that way. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that in our case, and correct right. me where I might be wrong, that I think the convention center had just done some renovations. And so there was a little bit of, you know, the convention and visitors bureau too, maybe did some outreach or anyway, Rick, fill in the gaps. <laughs> uh, yeah, they came to us or, or the AC committee from Atlanta came to us as a presbytery and said, we can get a really good deal at the Richmond Convention Center. Would you all please host? And and we said, do we have to? <laughs> yeah, I I I don't remember. I'm not sure. I mean, it's kind of funny how we all have different uh, er, memories. Uh, yes, memories of it. I seem to recall that they were actually trying to target this area, but maybe that had to do with the cost of it. But also that you know they liked the location, um, and then. Uh, and then we were kind of a little bit, it was actually the presbytery was in my backyard when we were discussing that. I don't know if you remember that, but yes. we, we ho- got, I've hosted presbytery, you know, in my backyard a couple of times, but um, we were kind of struggling with whether or not we could really take this on because it's a lot of work to do that. And then I think, I, I can't remember if it was at the time or it was like in uh, subsequent to that, that they proposed maybe two and then maybe three and then up to uh, we ended up with four presbyteries so i don't remember how that all 
came together, but it worked out well because I think it provides a breadth of, you know, kind of spreading both the financial load as well as um, just the, the, the number of volunteers, you know, when, when presbyteries are trying to do a lot of other things. And so it was, it was a lot more palatable in that regard. Um, I do think that, you know, you can see here, it's funny, it just occurred to me that, that the two people here from the same church, but it's not by accident that some of the subcommittee chairs are actually part of the JRP because a lot of things require locality. So we do have other chairs that are from other presbyteries like prayer and um, I think uh, public relations, but we, we, we did want some of the ones that were going to require a lot of local coordination to kind of be in the Richmond area specifically because there's locality involved in those deliberations, if that makes sense. Yeah, Jim, yes, yes. I was going to say, I think we're setting a pattern for, uh, you know, for future presbyteries. You know, James River is relatively small and relatively poor. You know, there you go back the last couple of GAs, uh, both Memphis and uh, Birmingham have churches bigger than our, pre individual churches bigger than our presbytery. And so there's really, it would be uh, uh, almost impossible for us to do it on our own. And so uh, hopefully this will set a pattern, maybe other smaller cities or cities where the PCA presence isn't as large and powerful uh, to be able to host, uh, you know, I'm hoping we, you know, we pull it off and others will consider doing it this way. No, I think I think that's a great model. And it, it really kind of models the again, the, the, the theme knit together yeah. as you had. You have a number of presbyteries knitting together to to pull this off. I, I'm in a very small presbytery also, and we hosted General Assembly. I don't know if it was 2017 or so in Greensboro. I wasn't mm -hmm. here at the time, and I know it was a lot of work for our small presbytery to do. It seemed like it might have been good to, uh, although they've never nobody here's ever complained, but maybe to partner with Eastern Carolina or something. So I do think that's a great model you're you're setting forth. So yeah, thank you for that. I, I understand also it's going to some of that diversity will play out in worship and we'll talk about that in, in a bit rick yeah rebecca were you going to say something or well i'm just going to say that uh, birmingham memphis uh, other host committees in the past have been great in giving advice too so i if, uh, if there are any presbyteries thinking about this um, there are great resources there's a manual that so you really know what the roles and responsibilities are and then part of our job is to pass on the learnings to the next group so over the years, I think we're making it more and more um, systematized to some degree. Every everyone is going to be a little bit different, but hopefully that does uh, make it more accessible and and manageable for future groups. Oh, that that's good to hear. And I also I think it's good to hear that the AC has been you know looking at this too. In other words, they're not just sitting waiting for proposals to come in, but they're trying to see what best serves the denomination. Because I know the the cost of travel, the cost of rooms the availability of rooms, the size of convention center, are all things that at our size has become more difficult. And so I love the location, three and a half hours from, from me. And I think it also opens GA up to, to, you know, people in the Northeast that may not have traveled down to Memphis or uh, Birmingham. So good deal. Well, you, you kind of hit on something there, Rebecca, that I, I think would be interesting for, for our listeners to hear from the three of you is, but what is the, like, what does the denomination do as an administrative committee and, and all that, but then what does the host committee do? Because clearly you're not making the schedule. Um, so what, how does that work? And I don't know if, if, if Rich, you want to take the lead on this as the, as the co-chair or, or you guys have input on that also. Yeah, I'll, I'll start. I think that the, um, the denomination handles the details like the convention center kind of to contract with that, um, you know, uh, exhibits, uh, um, trying to think of other kinds of things, sponsors, uh, a lot of those details, hotel, um, hotel arrangements as well. So they kind of handle, I think, really what would be very heavy lifting in any kind of thing if you were going to have to establish contra con contracts. What we handle is is things around that, like the worship services, um, the family events, which proves to be one of the largest things. And I'm sure we'll get to that part. But um, and then in some cases, local transportation, if necessary, and some in, in prior GAs, actually the last time we hosted, 
uh, James River, um, some may recall that people had to take buses from the hotels to the convention center. In this case, the it's it's more centrally located around where people can stay, so there's not a need for us to coordinate that. But we do have to coordinate some transportation to support events. We have to uh, we have to kind of help um, promote certain aspects of it, and um, you know, a lot of some of the activities. Then we help uh, work as well and and then planning the, i think i already mentioned the worship services but i think they do a, a good job of helping us define those boundaries even in terms of uh, the money that we raise for those we we keep those um funds separate to be able to support uh to be able to 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 raise money for those activities that we're trying to do that are part of that you could kind of you could kind of think about like there could almost be a bare bones PCA, a minimal viable product to use an IT term where you've, but, but then you, you have the freedom as a host presbytery to determine whether or not you're going to do any other fancy things associated with that. We're probably at the kind of like the normal level of kind of things that are going on. You know, we're not going to have um, any concerts that we're hosting and things like that, which are options. And we're, we're, um, you know, our, our worship services will, um, will be uh rel- you know that rick can talk about those and then the family events are are localized and um and represent the kind of kinds of things that people will want to do that are specific to to richmond like going and seeing the cigarette factories and things like that that'll be the highlight <laughs> highlight of the uh Stop. i'm just kidding That's hey, not I'm right really outside winston-salem rj reynolds was is, is all <laughs> um yeah, you know, I, I mean, as you were discussing, it almost—I mean, it, it's a—it's a much grander scale. But it's like you know, a church when a church hosts a presbytery meeting, the, the church is is responsible for hospitality, a space, you know, uh, uh, directions, maybe greeters, food. But like the presbytery administrative group are the ones that are doing the docket and and, right, and all that. Exactly. So, yeah. But obviously, this is a much huger scale. So let's let's jump right in, Re- Rebecca. Tell us about so you you're oh. Uh, a charge of the committee over the family, which is families and children. Is that how it works? Right. Yeah, I can tell you a little bit about the different areas within that, and Go then for it. more detail as you have interest. So, okay. um, so for the women, we've got a couple of different things. The big event there tends to be the the, the luncheon with a speaker, and so you'll have a few hundred people that usually come to this. And so we're excited to have Megan May as our speaker this year. She is the PCA elders wives liaison. So she's been working over the last couple of years to get a couple thousand women actually in this sort of network to connect with each other. And so she's also women's ministry director, but so we'll have that luncheon at a, at the hotel, John Marshall, which is kind of a historic um, location, just a couple blocks from the convention center. So there's that. And that again, is really the focal point usually for the women's ministries there. Then we'll also have different tours. So like Rich talked about, how do we showcase the Richmond area? Lots of history. We also have lots of interest usually among the women to see some beautiful gardens, things like that. So we have all of those options. So we'll have tours to the, the state capitol, which is just a couple blocks away and was designed by Thomas Jefferson and things like that. So you can get some history options. You can go to the Virginia Museum of Fine Arts. Rick's wife is a art teacher and she's going to help um, make sure that that's a great experience. Um, we also have a trip to Colonial Williamsburg and um, the local Maymont Gardens. So those are some, some examples of what the women can do. And then to help enable that, we've also got activities for the kids. And so there's, you know, we'll, have, we'll offer nursery. We've got um, one of the members on our committee then is running the elementary kids program and it is a sports camp for a couple days and um so he's a teaching elder from the tidewater area and is running what we call summer's best two days so it's somewhat similar to summer's best two weeks you may know of as a camp in in pennsylvania and um he's got this all down to a science so that'll be great will that be at a gym somewhere or like on site where it, that's at uh, Sycamore, uh, Harry's Church. So we will bust them over there. And then the the youth, the teens and so forth, will be doing a service project one day and going to an amusement park the other day. So 
that's hmm. um yeah. how, how, do, how do they sign up how do people sign up their kids for those things how is there registration or yep there's registration online so the same site that you were at uh, pcaga.org you can find a family's area and sign kids up and and the women's activities as well so I think there are a few enhancements this year to make things even more focused on online registration. So we're not uh, getting so many things by mail nowadays, but it should all be there. Yeah, it's, it, it's very it's very easy, actually. So PCAGA.org, there's a tab for families. I love that. And then right there, there's registration, the family schedule, the women's activities, family activities, nursery activities. I can't say enough how much I appreciate. I mean, honestly, when you look at the work that's going on, they're sort of like what Rebecca is coordinating with multiple uh, folks, almost like subcommittees within a subcommittee, working a lot of details. And then there's kind of like all the other easy stuff comparatively around that. <laughs> I mean, I'm not, I'm, I, I'm not, I don't want to downplay the, the details, but it really is a lot of stuff that's being coordinated for that. And I, I will I will say as one who my first, uh, pres or first GA was was actually when the James River hosted it in 2011, mm -hmm. and for a few years after that, um, I, my kids were younger back then, and they made friends there. They really enjoyed it. Um, I I become a little wistful when I see, um, you know, elders that are younger with their wives and their kids and stuff like that. It's just neat to see, and it reminds me of a time in my own life when. Uh, um, my, they were experiencing the same thing. So it's an important part of this. Um, and, you know, uh, some may say, well, it's all about the business, but it's also, it's also, you know, since a lot of times uh, elders are traveling with their wives and children, it's a really important aspect of GA. And I'm really, I couldn't have asked for a better um, coordinator for this, these activities than Rebecca. I mean, it way better than Matt could have ever done. There's just I'm sure. in my mind. <laughs> It would have been all like, you know, hey, we're going to go try on seersucker suits as an activity and things like that. And everybody would be like, this is the most boring GA ever, but Rebecca's making it awesome. The kids BCO. know to ask mom first. Yes. B BCO classes for the middle schoolers. Exactly. <laughs> Taught by Matt Fender. Uh, well, well, yeah, go ahead, Rick. May I put in a plug? You know, this isn't uh, Rebecca's uh, first GA. Uh, Matt has brought his wife to General Assembly before, and I've brought my wife. Uh, but we're a bit unusual. You know, uh, most of the wives there will be teaching elders' wives. And uh, you know, I want to put a plug in for the ruling elders to, to bring their wives and children. Uh, it's, a, it's a wonderful uh, time. It really uh, it's, and Kathy and I, my wife and I, have always enjoyed going together when we can. Well, that's, that's great. So I, I came to Reformed Theology and Presbyterianism more on the late side. And, and the church I came from, uh, we, we just kind of viewed the teaching elders as you guys do the business of the church. And so it took me a while. to. So my family hasn't been involved. And uh, with the proximity this year and just seeing everything, I think it might be a great opportunity to, to do that. And so uh, I, I'm impressed by it. So, Rebecca, you mentioned also like how previous host committees have helped this host committee. Did you see any of that transfer from with the programs, particularly that you're involved with for families, women and children? Yeah, I think a lot of the advice that was helpful was just the number of activities to have and where to simplify. Sometimes you try to make things just a little bit better each year. And so we've we've kind of gone the simple route. And I think Rich was alluding to that before. So our our theme can sort of be do the main things really well. <laughs> And so, uh, but back to your point too, on the benefit of having these other activities, I think about even just at our church and how we welcome new families in and the role of Sunday school for the kids. It, many times it's those relationships that are real, like that help to make a family really sticky at, an or, at, a, at a church. The kids say, I wanna go back to that church. I wanna go sing, I wanna learn. And so, this will only be a couple days, of course, but we'll have, you know, we'll have crafts and we'll have a juggler and we'll have music, but we'll have teaching. And so it's really a wide range of activities that they can enjoy. Great. Yes. So let's move on to uh, to worship. And first, Ricky, so now 
Rich kind of threw out there, Rebecca threw out there that your wife is an artist. And, and so is that what those paintings are? Oh, uh, let's see. Um, uh, the one directly behind me was actually uh, my mother-in-law. Uh, wow. And th that is the driveway into Gordon Conwell. Oh, wow. And then uh, let's see if I can do this. That's one of my wife's paintings there. It's amazing. And that's uh, blessing the wave that throws me uh, to the rock of Christ, upon the rock of Christ. Mm. So. Wow. So, yes, yeah, she came, but my wife came by it honest. And our, our daughters are quite artistic as well. So I don't have any of that. Yeah, well, <laughs> Thank God for that. Yeah. I mean, you got blessed like that. And I love your, I love your, your, your backdrop. And then you, you just see the difference between you, you and Rich's with Rich's like very utilitarian office space and, and books and papers <laughs> everywhere. Mess. Exactly. <laughs> they say it's a sign of genius, but I think yeah, it's lazy. <laughs> <laughs> well, Rick, 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 tell us about, about worship. And so there is a worship service every, every evening. Yes. So uh, HGA has three worship services. Uh, the largest uh, is typically the very first night we open General Assembly with worship. So before, you know, they gavel the meeting open and then we worship together as a church. And uh, that's the one of the three. That's the only service where we have uh, the Lord's Supper. It's uh, uh, typically attended by uh, a large number of community people as well as the um, uh, commissioners. Uh, and so, uh, and then is that, is that promoted within the presbyteries and their churches? Like come to the worship service. Come to, yeah. They, they ask them to come to all, you know, they invite them to come to all the worship services, but typically most people just come to that opening uh, worship service. And then it's mostly commissioners and their families at the, at the other two. Uh, although that might be a little different this year. Uh, and I, I'll get to that. So since we had four uh, presbyteries hosting, we decided to divide the uh, worship service as amongst the presbyteries. Uh, and so I'm the chairman of the overall worship committee and the chairman of the James River First Worship Service Committee, subcommittee. And then Tidewater and Blue Ridge have a subcommittee that's planning the second service and then Korean Capital is planning the third service. And uh, unless I'm mistaken, the Korean Capital, uh, that third service will be our first fully bilingual worship service at a General Assembly. Wow. Uh, and so they're hoping uh, what they're going to be promoting in Korean Capital, which is up in the Washington, D.C., Northern Virginia, Maryland area. So they're a little north of Richmond. Uh, they're going to be promoting uh, for their people to come on that Thursday night. So they're hoping to have a large number of just Korean Presbyterian Church members come uh, on that Thursday night to that bilingual worship service. Mm. Our, our, who knows, our third service may rival the first, when typically the first is always the biggest. It, it, yeah, very well, it very well could. Who, who's preaching these... Uh... Well, the, the first service is all the, the first worship service is always preached either by the previous moderator or someone he appoints. And so Fred Greco will be preaching to us on the first night. And then uh, the second night, uh, the RUF pastor from Wayman Mary, who's in the Tidewater Presbytery, uh, is going to uh, be preaching. That's uh, Ben Robertson there. And then uh, the last night is uh, Reverend Joel Kim, and he is the president of Westminster West uh, Seminary. Oh, okay. Very good. So, so we, we, in the past, what we've seen is the, the worship services on each day, they take on a different musical style and maybe even liturgical style. Is that something that the host committee plans or the churches that are assigned to do it just de determine how they want to do that? The, the worship subcommittee of the host committee, yes, plans out those services. Uh, and, you know, it, it does, it, you know, it does bother me, you know, that as a denomination, we struggle to worship together and, and that we are the, you know, only Presbyterian church in, in history to not have a constitutional directory of worship. Um, cool. I'm yeah. glad you went there. That's great. 
<laughs> but it, uh, uh, but we do, you know, I, I think the way that best way that we can worship together, you know, at this point in our history is to have those, the, the, the range of our worship represented within those three services. And, and I think we'll probably be in some ways more fully, you know, ranged as it were, uh, uh, in the three services in that, you know, uh, having the one that is bilingual and Korean, it, we've never really represented that aspect of our denomination before in the worship of our general assembly. And then on the, in the first one, um, it probably will be even more kind of simple means of grace than we've had in the past. Uh, we are going to have a prelude uh, choir, large prelude choir with organ and accompaniment. Uh, but as of right now, the plan is for them to exit before the call to worship and then just to have a very simple uh, re uh, traditional reformed um, worship service. Uh, for that first worship service, uh, again, with communion and, and everything. Uh, and then the second one, the middle service, uh, will probably be, I don't know Tidewater and Blue Ridge plans in toto, but I know because uh, they have an RUF minister preaching, they're planning on doing some of the RUF music as a part of the worship. And so I suspect it will reflect more of that, uh, that character in that second worship service. Yeah. Well, I, I've always found that whatever the GA worship is, and, and I know there's rumblings on every side of it, but it, it's always been respectful and and, uh, and and a beautiful time. So that'll be that'll be great. Who, how do you pick the prelude musicians and, and choir? Like, is that coming from your presbytery, or do you hire that out? How does that work? We uh, we actually we have a large. Um, uh, classical Christian school here in town. Matter of fact, uh, Rebecca's children go there, and the director of choirs for that school is a member of our church. And so I approached him about leading that choir, and uh, uh, and then we also have another one of our churches has a few members that play in the Richmond Symphony. So I reached out to them about musicians and so forth. So we're so it is we're putting it together in house. Um, there may be uh, a few of the instrumentalists that are professional, but for the most part, it's going to be volunteers within the presbyteries that'll be uh, a part of that choir. Okay. Is is so? How is that reflected in the schedule? With the worship time that is posted, I'm trying to pull it up, but it's not pulling up. Uh, the worship time that's. Let's see. Gee, schedule. All right, I got it up. Let's. Let's pull up the schedule. Yeah, I haven't actually seen this year's schedule. It fit in last year's. Uh, so I hope it fits yeah, in this I one. Either. You're like educating us here. It's like, oh, that's on the website. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I think the GA website is 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 always very well organized. I, I'm, you can find what you need. Okay, scroll so that'll be. So you're talking about Tuesday night, right? Tuesday night, yes. So scroll down for us there. Uh, is it? Okay, 6 p.m. You guys see that? Yes, there you go. Prelude music, 6 p.m. So okay. they'll be the choir. And then, uh, and then you know, everything's gaveled open uh, at uh, 6.30, and then we have worship immediately after, uh, you know, after it opens. The first thing we do as the assembly then is Right. It, it, it would be nice for it to say it there, um, and, but I know that's not you guys. Opening session of general assembly and worship service would, because would, uh, that's where it's going to fit. Yes. Okay. Good. Well, what 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 do you three want people to know? So my audience is mostly ruling elders, but it's it's teaching elders too, and then it gets passed along. And I understand some some wives uh, of pastors watch and listen to this. So my what, some of my friends tell tell me about what happens on this because their wife tells them. So. <laughs> That's uh, that's the way it works. So, what, what are some things you'd like people to know as they would come or consider coming? Like we we have more, you know, we get two two reps. We're right under the threshold to get a a third ruling elder representative. But I'm encouraging the whole session to to go and let's figure out how we do rooms and stuff. But I, th I think we'll have four or five ruling elders come because we're only three and a half hours away. 
you know. And so what, what would you like people to know, whether they are commissioners or people just considering coming to the assembly to be a part of this and experience it? Well, I'll start. I think that if you're on the fence about whether or not to attend as a commissioner, I think that um, for me, it's always a shot in the arm every year to kind of be among um, my fellow elders and kind of get a perspective on how big the church is. And um, the worship services are always encouraging to me to, to, to worship with, with the entire assembly. Um, the times outside of that, the fellowship that you have with other believers, the time to kind of uh, uh, just spend time with one another, to see people. Um, it's really, it's kind of like a family reunion, at least for me every year to a certain extent. I enjoy the aspects of the business of the church as well, but sometimes, honestly, it's like I can't wait for the business to be done for, to, to be able to just spend time with one another. And so I would encourage that. I would also encourage that if you, you have a, a younger family to, to, to think about bringing your family with you, if you're able to do that, because it really is, it really is something that I think is memorable. You know, my kids always talk about core memories because of that one movie, you know, like, oh, that's a core memory. I think this can be a core memory for them. It's something they'll remember being part of something like this, the things that are planned around that, the opportunity, you know, it may be, um, you know, there may, you may be busy and sometimes your, your, your wife might not see you as much, but there's enough planned and it's still, uh, the worship services and everything. It's still quite a, um, uh, an enjoyable time to bring a family to that. And the final thing I'll say too, is that I would just urge people that, you know, we're all kind of like participate in maybe this, the conservative spectrum of the PCA. And sometimes there's a little bit of crankiness in that aspect as well. And I would just encourage you to think about the fact that there are people that are in good conscience planning certain things. And sometimes there's a tendency to not know what's going on and kind of, to kind of um, think that maybe there was, you know, complain first about the way things were rather than to think through the amount of work or the, the, the intended int- attention be behind that before you say, well, why did they do that? Why does this cost so much, etc.? You know, we're part of the reason we're raising money for these things actually is to, to bring down the price for participation for these things. You know, like it or not, we're a large denomination. Um, we're, we're not the OPC. And no matter how many times we say we should do this in a smaller thing, that's not what we're doing. And we have to, we have to, we have to pay for the venue that we're in and we have to, um, do all the things that are necessary to do that. So things cost money and understand that. Um, and, uh, you know, there's ways to, to reduce that. So if you're, if you're concerned about the prices of things, there's opportunities to, to, um, give to, uh, the host committee. And if, if there's a, a flood of donations to that, we could even reconsider the cost of certain things and provide, well, I don't want to, Wait, how do you give? How, how do you, know, you give? I, I just realized I spoke ahead of time, but we do need to meet, sir. You can go directly, actually, uh, to well, jrp-pca.org. Sorry, that's kind of it. the James River Presbytery website has a link that says GA Host Committee, and um, there's an opportunity there to be able to um, give to the host committee uh, and that those donations go to offset the the programs and other things that we're doing. We've already planned actually to some extent on the idea that we're going to meet a certain budget, which we haven't met yet. And uh, you know, we're, we're, we think we can meet it, but part of that, you see the give on the bottom for those who, who can read um, the says give. <laughs> those are and, uh, so that, that website is JRP dash pca.org and right at the top there's a, a ga button and and you can ga 2024 and you can give and so that's great i i never would have known that rich so great news well, for me hopefully i i, I just wanted to you know, hopefully I'm clear that I'm enthusiastic about General Assembly. I, I love going to it. I always feel I've, I've only missed it twice, and it's always really hard on me when I can't do it. And I'm enthusiastic to be able to kind of be part of the, the uh, planning committee this year. It's something that I love the church. I love the courts of the church, and uh, it, and I, I would encourage anybody just on the fence to do it. 
just do it. That's great, Rich. And and I don't sense any crankiness in you, at least on this discussion. <laughs> oh, no. Thank you. <laughs> you're, you're a sweetheart. I want people to know. Anyway, uh, <laughs> so, Re Rebecca, from a, from a wife's perspective, um, and then also from as in your role uh, with the committee, what, what are some thoughts you have for, for people listening to this that are on the fence about potentially coming? Sure. Well, there are two main points I would make. The first is... The work of the General Assembly is really important, and it's good to see it in action. And uh, and anyone is welcome to join in the main sessions and hear what's going on. Uh, obviously, commissioners are the ones that vote, but it is more broadly you know, welcoming. So, if that's not something that everyone's aware of, you know, please spread the word. Um, so, the work is important. And the second thing is, I found through this process of being on the committee that it's just so fun to work with different people and meet people across the different presbyteries and across the denomination and see the enthusiasm like rich talks about for why we're doing what we do so i think the the committee is a little microcosm of then what happens at general assembly that when you work together you get to know each other it just can be that much easier to come together and be knit together, I suppose. So um, the other thing I would note is just on Rich's point about the budget and so forth, a lot of the family's activities are subsidized. And so that's part of what we've committed to do. And, and some of the activities are actually not things you could just go do yourself. So special group packages, things like that. And if you haven't signed up for GA before, know that a lot of those do sell out early. So register soon and hope to be able to accommodate everyone so thanks no, that's helpful that's helpful rick yeah i i uh i think about Wait, hold on hold on let me let me just let me just preface it too by saying like even give an appeal to the people who just say ah, i'm not going to go to the worship park because that's time to go eat dinner with friends and, and whatever <laughs> else so but anyway sorry to interrupt you yes come to all um you know, if everybody that was eligible to come, you know, if every church sent its full complement and uh, if every teaching elder came, we'd be up around like 10,000 people and we average about 2,000, you know, uh, every year. Uh, so, uh, again, 20 percent are showing up and 80 percent aren't. And uh, it makes me think that, you know, the I always think of it as uh, uh, the. It, it's like the people who the people who are just interested in their local church and aren't thinking about Presbytery and General Assembly, uh, the, the elders that are only interested in their local church and not thinking about Presbytery and General Assembly are much like our members who think that just showing up for worship on Sunday morning is sufficient to be a full part of the church and, and not serving on committees. You know, members who won't serve on committees of your local church and members who won't go to fellowship events outside of the the, the worship service um, and and how much we want them as elders. We want them to be more engaged. I think of that for the elders who don't come to, to General Assembly. It, it's like those members. And this is where we fellowship as a whole church. And this is where we learn together as a whole church and where we do the work of the whole church. And so uh, uh, I would just you know encourage you to think outside the box, as it were. If you've never been to General Assembly, either as a ruling or a teaching elder, to think about needing to be actively involved with the whole church and not just your little piece of it. Yeah, right, Rick would I, rather you be cold or hot rather than lukewarm, you elders out there. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Rick, the Rick and Rich show. Perfect. Yeah. I, I, and then just Richmond. I mean, uh, uh, it, you know, the, the GA is a little earlier this year than usual. Uh, Richmond is a little further north than Memphis and Birmingham. Uh, if we get average weather, it's going to be really nice. You know, uh, mid early June in Richmond, high is 84, low is 65. So, you know, you're not going to just die of heat the moment you walk out the door, like you might in some Southern cities towards the end of June. Uh, Richmond's a great place for walking and biking. Uh, and it's a great food city. So, uh, uh, we, uh, we put together a list, um, of recommended restaurants. The host committee put together a list of uh, recommended restaurants and you know, we, we filled a page and the vast majority are within walking distance of the, 
the hotels and the convention center and the rest are just a, they're under four miles in terms of driving. Uh, so it's, it's just a great, it's a great city to visit for a few days. Well, that brings up another question that people might be interested in, because again, the, 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 the two, what people would think of as the two main hotels for, for the, that are right by the convention center, or part of it filled up pretty quickly, uh, according to our stated clerk, that was planned. And that's why there's a lot of hotels that are being recommended. So maybe, uh, put people's minds at, at ease or not about like, if they're not in those, the, the first two hotels, what it's like to get back and forth. Right. So the, uh, there of the hotels that the um, uh, the GA that AC has contracted with, uh, the furthest away is just under a mile, um, uh, and then all the rest are closer than that. And then uh, the city actually is supplying a, a shuttle bus. Uh, we didn't even you know the, the 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 convention center itself coordinating with the city is supplying the shuttle bus that's just going to run that loop all day long. And it's going to start an hour before the, the beginning of the meetings, and it's going to run until an hour after the meetings are done. So that mm. we'll have that shuttle running all day long. Other than the Omni, which is the one that's the furthest away, all of them would be easy to walk back and forth. Um, the Omni is, uh, is, um, is only about eight or nine-tenths of a mile away. Uh, but it is uphill both ways. No, it's uphill. Uh, it's a quite a steep climb up. The Omni's down on the river, and it's quite a steep climb up from the uh, river up to the convention center. Uh, so unless you're a hiker, uh, you'll want to take the shuttle from the Omni. But the, all the rest of the hotels are within walking distance. <laughs> Rich, got to get the marine thing in. That's right. Um, I'm not going to take well, the bus that's, for that's great. What, what's the riverfront like? What's the riverfront? Oh, it's beautiful. It's all been remodeled uh, over the last 20 years. There's uh, walking paths all along the river. Uh, you can walk along the river for miles on, on nice paved paths. It's a beautiful riverfront. Okay. Biking and kayaking and rapids, all sorts of things. There's yeah. rapids? Wait a minute. Which river? I'm a whitewater paddler. so The James River. We're one oh, of the... Really? Yeah, we're one of the few uh, cities with uh, class three and four rapids through downtown. Oh, man, I know what I'm doing on a break. <laughs> That's cool. By the way, um, just so you know, the James River is named after the King James, like King James Bible, King James, just so you know. So is that the translation we're using? Yeah, <laughs> for all the worship thought, Maybe I should say that. Maybe it'll increase those that want to come that are all Texas receptus and stuff like that. Who knows? <laughs> Uh, but well, come come to the place, you know, the James River Presbytery. That's that goes to show kind of like actually there's a long history of Presbyterianism in Virginia. And, uh, you know, there's just a lot of historic stuff to see here. Now, yeah. is the theme song as everybody enters rich men north of Richmond? Yeah. <laughs> no. 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 That's not going to be okay. Um, but I, I want to. So w thank you for all the the encouragement there, and I think you each added some important points. I'll just key in on something Rick said about like the business of the church and the people going. It seems like if there's some hot button issue, general assemblies you know get more people, and it kind of wakes both congregants up and ruling elders and. It gets people off the bench. And I think some, I've heard some rumblings of concern, not real concern, but just like, what will it be like this year since we've come through this recent, you know, the human sexuality stuff. And uh, I, I will say there's important things on, on the docket already. And there's important overtures coming through that are going to affect things like, um, you know, what, what we can call people in ordained office. What do we do with the directory of worship? Like things that are going to matter. It, it, you might not think they're as important as some of the other issues, but if they get in or don't get in there, you're going to realize, man, I wish I was there. So, uh, but everything Rich said, it's exciting. Like I've come to love, it's a, it's one of the highlights of my year and I don't, I don't think I'm a polity nerd or anything, but it, it's cool to hang out with everybody. It's, uh, it, it is touching to me to see young families there and, um, and as Rebecca said, like the, the way the assembly hall is set up for those, the, the main sessions is, you know, the, the, there's plenty of seats, plenty of seats for everybody to come and sit in on the business of the church. And so I, I like that everything we do is out in the open 
as far as the assembly goes, you could hear the debates and the discussions. You could see how it works. And so, yes, I, I want to encourage everybody to uh, to come. So as we wrap up here, what's on y'all's plate from now until General Assembly? Is it is it heating up and ramping up and is it getting busy for you guys? Yeah, I think it's, you know, we're, we're, we're at the time where people are starting to think about General Assembly. I think prior to the, the, uh, the holiday time, we were kind of, um, actually quite a few things were, were laid down, like the finance subcommittee, which isn't represented here, they've been amazing. Um, and uh, just lining things or setting things up financially for us, you know, getting our budget right, even providing like charge cards so that we don't have, you know, to make it easier for people to expend things. And uh, and I think a lot of the, the kind of the mechanics are set up right now. And I think right now, more, uh, as much as anything, just kind of continuing to to plan the details on that. I don't really see any kind of major blockers to us having successful GA at this point. The only thing subcommittee we probably need to erect at this point is the controversial overture subcommittee so that we can get people to show up, you know, like come up with some sort of crazy thing. But no, seriously, it's uh, uh, we think that uh, I think that you know, I, I, I think you, you saw nodding. I, I feel like I was pr- kind of stressed out a little bit about this early on thinking this seems like a lot to do. And it's sort of uh, a lot. We, we did a lot uh, before January to, to set ourselves up. And I, I say, say we, Rick, Rebecca and her team, um, Rick and his team, the finance subcommittee, transportation, all those things are kind of like coming together at this point. And I think it's just a matter of, you know, uh, uh, seeing how registrations come in. And so uh, hopefully the registrations are strong for all of the events and then really kind of uh, uh, putting the final touches on all the plans that are kind of already in play. Well, that's, that's good. Uh, so I thought of a couple extra things. So do you, do y'all need more volunteers from your presbyteries? Like what appeal would you make to your local yes. people about what you need? And we'll <laughs> Rebecca, give some specifics. You to answer that for sure. <laughs> yeah. Um, I was, to, to your question about what happens from here, I sort of think the planning is in two, the planning is two stages. The, the people that have been involved so far are doing, are the planners. And then there are a number of volunteers. We just need the day of. Mm-hmm. And so Oh, that's good. So now, I don't know if this is part of your daily life, but as a mom, I get these, um, you know, sign up genius things all the time from school. And I know Rick does it for our church and so forth. So I've got all of these lined up now. I think it's about 150 volunteer shifts just for the family committee. So those are now obviously people can do more than one and so forth. And I agree with Rich. It's all going to come together, but there are lots of different ways to help and lots of different skills that can be leveraged. So I would just, if you're listening to this and you're in the area or amongst these presbyteries hosting, there's definitely a way that you can be a part of it. Well, so because what I found even as a, as a former church administrator and a pastor, like it, it often like people are hesitant to enter into the conversation because they're afraid of what they're going to be asked. And so, I mean, this could be a whole other episode, but like, what are some top line ways people can serve in your particular area, Rebecca? Oh yeah, we're very specific about what it is. Um, the So first there's the nursery side of it. And I will say that in some years it's all just been paid staff that's done that, but we're doing this more on a volunteer basis to the extent that we can. So those are just shifts working with kids of different ages. We've got people that will be in a hospitality suite. So if you'd like to welcome women and connect with them, you know, we need women to do that. We've got um, people doing those tours, hostesses for the different tours. So get on the bus and go to Colonial Williamsburg with you know, 50 other women and make sure they get to the lunch spot and, you know, just logistics and things like that. So a lot of these, I think, are really fun, though, and ways to meet other people and interact with with the kids, too. So. Okay. Yeah, Thank and, you. And, and in the background, what what you know, Rebecca mentioned that she's got these signups for nursery, but those are the kind of logistics that have been coordinated to to deal with background checks and how we're going to handle yeah. things like that, so that we are providing safe childcare for that. So 
um, you know, that we have the mechanism now for volunteers to volunteer for that. And we've tried, we've been working with our public relations uh, subcommittee chair to get the word out to all the local churches to have a point person to ask for volunteers. And, and, um, and so those are the kinds of things that, you know, she's talking about. And thank you for, for raising that. Cause that was a, th a thought in my mind. I assume you're doing background checks. It's good to, it's good to specify that. What other volunteer needs are there around? I mean, I'm always grateful for the, the, the people that help us register and check in and, and, and direct us. Like, is there, is there like a hospitality subcommittee? Uh, yes, yes. And they'll be looking for volunteers, um, to, you know, the, the ones who stand at the top of the escalator and go, your room's that way, uh, that they'll be uh, recruiting spots for that. Um, the people at the registration booth for the commissioners are all from Atlanta. Uh, but oh. then there will be people manning the registration booths for the women are local. Uh, so, yeah, there'll be that that registration sort of thing going on. You know, we're in terms of our prelude choir, we are, you know, in the process of picking music and, uh, you know, getting musicians. Uh, but within the next few weeks, we're going to be starting to look for volunteer choir members. Uh, so we'll primarily pull from our local presbyteries. But if somebody hears this podcast and goes, hey, I want to sing in that prelude choir, call me. I'm ready. You know, we will we'll, we're going to be circulating the music out so that people can practice ahead of time and then can uh, uh, do it, you know, then pull it all together that Tuesday in the afternoon. Um, last year's Prelude Choir, I think, was rep, was rep, had, I don't know, a dozen different presbyteries in it. So. Yeah, well, that that's helpful. And, uh, you know, people make jokes often re recently about the, the slew of these PCA related podcasts and is this really valuable? But I, I mean, I hope what my intention really is just to help inform. And I think uh, in the past, I think we just take you guys for granted, like whoever the host committee is, we show up and then we just need you, you know. And so I'm hoping to, to kind of raise awareness for that, highlight the great work you're doing. I mean, the Lord knows what you're doing, but um, but it's good for us to know. So thank you all for for your labors on behalf of um, our Lord, but to benefit us. So, yeah. Any final thoughts that anybody wants to share? That's amazing. We're, we're, we're like right at an hour. Uh, what, what I will say is in that appeal to send your ruling elders. Uh, so I think it was last year's general assembly, but maybe it was the one before the ruling elder fee has been reduced. And so that, that is, uh, a help to smaller churches in particular. So money shouldn't uh, be really a concern, but I know it still is. And there's a group called More in the PCA that does scholarships for ruling elders. They're accepting those right now, uh, those applications. And I know they give uh, they give quite a few of them. And so it, you shouldn't not go because of money. Let's, uh, and I think even the, I think even the administrative committee does scholarships for uh, smaller churches. So uh, let, let's not let money be a problem. Also, I know that uh, on the pastor's forums, the TE and RE forums on Facebook, there's people that have posts about sharing rooms. So people have already booked rooms and you can get in uh, on one of their rooms. And I know uh, people in ministry are kind of used to doing that. Let me, uh, uh, since you mentioned yeah, more, let me put in a plug for the dinner. I'm actually working with Charlie Nave to help plan the uh, more in the PCA dinner Wednesday night. Uh, All right. So uh, I'm looking forward to seeing all those guys again at the more in the PCA you dinner. Help and coordinate the GRN luncheon as well, right? I'm not. No, I'm not doing the GRN yeah, luncheon, but I'm doing Maybe the more, more assisting okay, with the more. We're talking mm -hmm. about. Okay. Well, I was going to have Charlie on again to promote more. So maybe I'll have both of you on. And uh, and and this is my also way of saying, um, hint, hint. I'm a teaching elder, but I want to go. And I usually bring, uh, a, you know, a slew of ruling elders with me. So just and, as and, long and, as you yell unclean every time you, <laughs> just to make sure you, everybody knows you're a TE in the room. I'm a friend of ruling elders. Uh, me too. So I, I know you are. <laughs> <laughs> um, so also, um, just, I want to say this, I think you ought to get that give link. You ought to ask, uh, the administrative committee, Brian Chapel, whoever to put the, the, the give link to the host committee on the PCAG. Nobody yeah, knows. Nobody knows. No, I, well, that's 
that's a separate conversation. Okay, never mind. Yeah, it has to do with kind of not confusing people as to what's going on with what. So I have I, I've thought about actually since it's easy for me to actually put it on some of the for, forums that you and I participate to make sure people know about it. But right, and we do we need we do need to keep the 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 what what's going to what clean and as far as in people's minds. So that's one of the reasons it's not on their website, but our website to be able to post things, you know, that we need to. So it's not, I'm not saying that, you know, to, to, to um, be political or to say like, oh, they wouldn't like it if we did that. It's just more mutually convenient for us to make sure that people know what they're giving money to. And, and there's no confusion there. No, I mean, as an administrator, I actually appreciate it. that makes sense because the, the AC is raising, you know, they need to get funds. They haven't yeah. budgeted, but they always yeah. want more funds. And they usually ask churches to help uh, defer costs of, of their, their own costs, which uh, try to keep the cost of this whole thing down. So that's, that's a good point. And, you know, share this podcast and people are hearing it. So, uh, so there you go. Um, who does the, uh, the visit, the um, vendor hall? Is that you guys or the AC? No, that's the AC. AC. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I want to draw everybody's attention to that. That's always a highlight. And uh, and kids, you can get a lot of swag that way. And I often get uh, my presents that I bring home to my family from from there. Uh, you know, Covenant College T-shirts, uh, Birmingham Theological Seminary little teddy bears, pens, magnets, water bottles, mugs, um, all kinds of all kinds of goodies. Uh, also, I'll, I'll put in a plug for. For BTS, Birmingham Theological Seminary, which offers programs, uh, doctor ministry programs for uh, teaching elders, also MAs and MDivs for ruling elders or whoever that wants to advance their education, but also certificate programs. And uh, we promoted that pretty heavily on this podcast. I always say we, it's me. I'm the only one. Yeah, the royal we, right? Uh, but it's but we we got a number of people into that program. Um, that Ike Reader has really look to grow. And, and Fred Greco, our moderator, taught PCA polity. And so I even had uh, one ruling elder just want to, from my church, want to audit the class. Who doesn't want to learn from Fred Greco? So uh, bts.education is the uh, is the website. And uh, ask for Ike. He's a fun guy to talk to, Ike Reader. So, okay, well, I appreciate the three of you. No offense to anybody else that's running a subcommittee. I just happen to know Rich, and I happen to know Matt, and then Matt put me in touch with three of you, and, and it's it's perfect. So thanks again, and maybe, I don't know, maybe we'll do some more episodes with, with each individually or again together. So thanks again. Thanks, Thank Josh. you. Thanks.